everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Slugcast. As always, my name is Cynthia, and I'd like to ask y'all, how are you feeling now that spring break is coming up? Now, for me, I'm planning to hopefully set some time aside to sew and eat a bag. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it's pretty much an enamel pin bag. It's got a little clear pouch. And hopefully this is just because I wanted a new bag in my repertoire, but I also wanted to be ecological and use materials I already have at home and not have to contribute to throwing more stuff into our oceans and into our trash heaps. And now I'd like to remind you that, of course, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and RSS.com. You can find us by looking up, all in capitals, UCSC SLUGCAST. That is, all in capitals, UCSC SLUGCAST. Now, I know that it's pretty stressful to think about the upcoming spring quarter coming up, and personally, I feel a little bit overwhelmed and underprepared. So, this week, we'll be talking with STARS Lead Transition Mentor, Janie Garza, to talk with her on how we can plan out their spring break to be best and jumping into the spring quarter, headfirst, running, sprinting, bicycling, I don't know. But hopefully she'll give us some good tips on how to be better prepared as we go into the spring quarter. And without further ado and more excitement, let's jump into this interview. Hey, so I'd like to welcome our very groovy and mystical guest of today, Janie Garza. Hey, Janie, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners out there who may not know who you are? Hi, Cynthia. Thank you. You're too kind. Um, oh, wow. I'm a little nervous. Okay, so my name is Janie. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, hers. Um, I am a fourth year at UCSC. I am a sociology major. Um, I currently work two positions for this uh STARS Center, which is the transfer center at UCSC. Um, I'm the lead transition mentor for the transition mentorship program through STARS, and I am also the lead programming assistant for STARS as well. Wow, that sounds really interesting. You've got your hands dipped in both places and you're a social major, which woohoo, you're closely related to the psych major. <laughs> and I think that's really cool that you're so involved with all this stuff. Thank you for coming on. So I wanted to kind of start off now that you mentioned that, like, how did you become the lead transition mentor? How did you land that position? Yeah, thanks, Cynthia. I do have my hands quite full. Um, but as far as becoming the lead transition mentor goes, it's to me, it's kind of a funny story because I, I wasn't actually trying to be a lead transition mentor. Like I wasn't going to apply to the position at all, actually. Um, I had plans pre-pandemic to do study abroad over the summer and then figure out my employment kind of when I got back situation. Um, but of course, uh, life had different things in mind for me. And at the time we were still on campus. This was about January, February 2020, I believe. And um, everybody in the stars lounge was like, are you going to apply for the lead transition mentor, you know, position? And I was like, uh, I don't know. I'm thinking about it. Obviously, I was looking for employment because my position at stars previous to this was um, going to end. But um, really, it was the encouragement of all of the other stars staff and student staff there. They were really, really supportive of like me applying to this position, even though I, I didn't have I didn't want to take it on because I understood that it was going to be a, a commitment over the summer and I wanted to do other things with my time. So honestly, it was like the the push and the support of others that got me 
interested in it. I, not to say I wasn't interested. I just, you know, was, I had a lot going on. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think people being really supportive at stars is what got me into the role initially. Cause I, I didn't think I had, you know, what it took to be a lead anything at that point. <laughs> Aw, and that kind of really makes me think back to one of the previous episodes that I had actually interviewed um, Alfredo Suani. He was a graduate from UCSC, and he actually used to be part of Stars as well. And I, it's, I'm hearing the same kind of like Stars really pushed y'all to do the things that you never thought you would have been doing. Like for his example, it was that they um, they had asked him by Kresge College to be the class speaker, but he was really unsure if he even wanted wanted to make that commitment because he was a student with a disability and he had a lot on his plate already. He was a transfer student, but he had transferred like very late in his life. And he wasn't sure if he really wanted to do that or if it was right for him. But the staff at Stars were the people who ended up kind of like coaxing him and pushing him to say, no, you know what? You should do this. Like this is an opportunity that you should take advantage of. And the program and the people in the program really helped him out and pushed him to be able to f be prepared for that special day when he spoke at the graduating class. And I'm kind of seeing that a little bit reflected here. Yeah, that's really special. Um, it's a beautiful story, too, because it really encompasses what STARS is all about, at least from my experience and from the one you just shared. Um, it's a really great network and support of people who see you in a way that you may not see yourself. So, yeah, they're definitely great people. Yeah. And from there, I've... I just did want to kind of think about like, I know that there's a lot on your plate. There's a lot on my plate as well. And spring quarters coming up and or by the time the listeners hear this, maybe spring quarters already going on or it's already over or maybe it's next year's and next year's spring quarter that's coming on. But I did want to know since I still have not had the chance to experience the spring quarter at UCSC, what was your first spring quarter like? Was your plate full or how did you do it oh my goodness that is a great question because it was such a weird time period um my whole first year at UCSC was very odd to me as far as transitioning goes and then you know come spring quarter of last year we were actually in the in the beginning of our pandemic so um I think my spring quarter last year is going to look a lot like what my spring quarter this year is going to look like um unfortunately um <laughs> Yeah, it's not a good thing, but I mean, to each their own. Um, I just remember last spring quarter being kind of, um, I mean, it was different, right? Because there was a pandemic starting and all that jazz, but it was really kind of chaotic. Um, people were like, um, you know, professors were struggling to kind of get things together and to kind of hold it all together at such a late point of the school year to just suddenly go entirely online. Um but I remember the end of my winter quarter and I remember it was it was tough because there was a lot of things on campus going on. And I'm sure once y'all get to be on campus, you'll understand what I mean by that. Um, but I mean, it was 
it was beautiful in the sense of like, oh, you're on campus and you, you get to see like the seasons change and you get to just be part of this really beautiful community. And at the same time, it was kind of overwhelming because you realize like a year has gone by just so quickly, like a blink of an eye and like everything is wrapping up. Um, so as a transfer student, you know, your first spring quarter is kind of like a reality check. Like, oh my gosh, like time is going, time is continuing on. Like you have one year left or maybe two years left if you're doing a fifth year um and it just kind of flies by it's it's kind of bittersweet the first spring quarter that hits you you realize like wow i really did that yeah like i'm kind of realizing at this point it's gonna be like wow it's gonna be less than let's see it's gonna be we start the spring quarter on jennifer march march 29th right I think March 29th we start and then it ends on the April May around mid-May if I'm I think it ends in June if I'm not mistaken holy moly oh my goodness I am all over the place but the fact that it's only to be June July August it's already been almost a year since the pandemic started and it's really difficult to believe that it's I'm going to be able to say wow I've already completed a year at UCSC but online like it's such a weird it's such a such a strange thing to say and such an odd experience because it felt like time flew by but I can't say that it would be the same for me as it was for you because you got you kind of got to experience some of it up there and I haven't experienced any of it up there but Wow, it's going to be really strange, at least for me and maybe for a lot of our listeners out there. As you said, like spring being that reflection quarter of just kind of reflecting back of what we've done, of what we've accomplished, what we've failed at, what we've done good at across now the span of a year. Yeah, exactly. And then kind of applying all that into, you know, your following school year, especially if it's going to be your last one, you want to grow and learn from all the things that you didn't know when you first started. So it's it's bittersweet, like I said. Mm-hmm. Which I know you mentioned like learning and growing and then same thing. I kind of talked about kind of like learning from your mistakes or seeing what went right, what went wrong across the span of what we've been through here. And I wanted to kind of ask you like now taking a, like a reflective look back at your first quarter, what bad habits did you feel like you changed and what good habits did you feel that you nurtured compared to like back then to now? Oh man, <laughs> it's such a such a weird thing to like put into perspective considering like how much has changed since then. Um I think well, I'll tell you what bad habits haven't changed. That's the easiest one to start with. Uh, procrastination. <laughs> uh, that one that one has stuck with me. Tried and true procrastinating. Um, but I guess what I've done to kind of um, mitigate that procrastination is, um, you know, forming better study habits, relying a little bit more um, on technology, for instance, um, writing things down takes so long when you have so many things to do. Um, so I guess as far as like procrastinating readings, um, which as a social major, we do a lot of that. Um, <laughs> I had to change that bad habit. I had to get a lot more self-motivated. Um, so, you know, carving out designated times and not just being like, oh, when I feel like it, I'll get to it type of thing. Because I, I definitely feel like my first year, um, I was very laid back. I think, uh, you know, just the idea of, oh, I made it here. Like I can kind of float through this, that 
kind of was sticking with me for a little bit. And then, you know, as the quarter progresses, you realize like, uh, maybe I should not do that. Uh, Things start to pile on a little bit. So I think just being diligent about my work. um, Also, I would say designating days to doing certain things. So like, for instance, I have a very strict schedule now where I only work certain days and I only do school and homework on certain days so I can kind of get myself into that mode. Um, And then just being nicer to myself, just all around, just being a lot more kinder to myself when um, when I am slacking off or I'm falling behind a little bit and just being cognizant of like whatever's going on around me in the moment that's making me feel like I'm not doing so well and then just being gentle in my response to myself. Um, So yeah, those are kind of some of the things that I've worked on a little bit. Wow, I think that's really insightful. Just kind of thinking about that. Yeah, you can acknowledge that there's certain aspects that they're still going to stick like procrastination. I feel like every student is going to procrastinate everything to the last minute. Um, But I think it's really cool to hear that you've grown in the sense that you've become what seems like more organized and you've pacing yourself a lot more and you're setting that time aside to not just kind of like float through but not just overwork yourself but you've found that what well there's never going to be a perfect balance but it seems like you found like a proper balance for yourself that works that you can manage your work and your school and time for yourself Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say changing my relationship with myself has been the biggest thing so far is, you know, however you treat yourself is how you're going to enter the world. So um, that's kind of how I've operated from. Yeah, which um, I kind of like would want to think about now that you've reflected upon yourself and things that you feel that you've changed and that you've improved on or things that you've dropped, I would want to hear like, what kind of advice would you give either to the seniors or to the sophomores or to the juniors? There's no freshmen yet, so I think we should be good with them. (laughs) But what kind of advice would you give them to help them prepare for the workload of the spring quarter? at least either from your kind of professional like standpoint or from your own personal standpoint? Um, that's a great question. I think, I mean, what comes to mind a lot is like this imposter syndrome that I think a lot of us navigate through. Um, and I think as you get to the end of the school year in your last quarter at UCSC, I feel it's really, really important to keep in mind that just because you're at a UC, it doesn't mean that you are expected to be this perfect person or this perfect student all the time, especially at the end of the school year when you're feeling, you know, burnt out and fatigued and tired, especially given the circumstances right now. Um, And a lot of advice that I give my mentees and just, you know, students in general, people that I come across every day is, you know, just be kind to yourself and don't feel like, don't compare yourself because a lot of that happens as a student, especially when you go to like a, you know, when you're a college student, you're just trying to, when you're a community college student, you're just trying to make your way to whatever end goal you're trying to get to. But when you are at a university, the stakes are kind of higher and you, you kind of navigate through different feelings, um, at least for me. So I guess my advice would be don't compare yourself. Everyone is struggling. I don't care how many majors someone has or minors or how well they're doing or how much research 
research they have going on. Everyone under the surface is dealing with something and you shouldn't hold yourself to any standard that you think you see or that you come across. Um, I feel like I come across a lot of students who are, I don't want to say ashamed because it's kind of like a derogatory kind of way of viewing it, but there's a lot of like guilt in feeling um like you're not enough or you're not doing enough as a student, as a person, as a maybe a daughter or son or whatever have you. And I think it's important for me to remind anyone who's listening that um, we're, we're all pretty much, you know, putting on our best face at this point. And, you know, at the end of the year, especially no one's, I don't care who you are. No one's got it completely together. There's always something going on. Um, so don't, don't compare yourself to others. Um, you're doing the best that you can and, you know, you are your only competition and that's, that's it at the end of the day. Oh my goodness. Those are some really, Wow, that was so insightful. <laughs> oh my goodness. I think it's really interesting how you point out, especially just that that thing that you have to make sure that you're being aware that you do belong here and that you don't have to overwork yourself and you don't have to push yourself more than you can handle because you've already proven that you can be here and there are people that are going to be here to help you out to be able to help maintain you here and to nurture those qualities and abilities that got you here so just being able to maintain that I guess would be kind of like the simplicity of that's what you got to maintain and that's what you got to prep for especially in that spring quarter yeah exactly you're already here you don't have anything to prove to anybody except yourself you know which I would kind of want to think about, like you've already proven your self-worth to yourself and you really don't have to prove it to anybody else. But sometimes I feel like we're all a little bit guilty that when we try to prove it to ourselves that we can push ourselves more and we can do ourselves a little bit more than what we think we can do, we kind of forget to take care of ourselves and we tend to just push aside kind of like self-care activities and we tend to push aside time to nurture and focus on ourselves and not just on our schoolwork and work. So I would want to know what are some good self-care tips that you would give to the students to help them kind of stay sane and hold up some good worth ethics during this quarter. Yes, you hit it right on the nail. We are so, we're so ingrained in such a capitalistic culture that we forget that in order to function, we actually have to take care of ourselves, myself included. I'm very guilty of this as like a woman of color. I am always trying to spread myself way too thin because I, I, you know, just cultural expectations or whatever that we're trying to break out of. Um, so as far as self-care tips go, um, the first thing that comes to mind just within my personal experience is the power of saying no to say no and to not feel guilty about it and to just feel liberated by saying no. I feel like, um, being at UCSC, there's a culture um, on campus, and maybe you'll, you'll get to see it through the screen a little bit more as you engage online. But we're, I want to say we are like a collection of students who strive to do as much as we possibly can in the name of like social, social justice, which is great. It's a beautiful thing. But sometimes it comes at the price of like, not taking care of your own needs or putting something before yourself and it can be detrimental to you know your trajectory or who you are as a person um so the power of saying no saying no i don't have the capacity you don't even have to have a reason to say no just no and if you have your own reasons that's fine too um 
but saying no, um, setting time aside to do absolutely nothing and not feel bad about it and remind yourself like it's okay to not feel bad about not doing anything um, and surrounding yourself with people who support that as well. Um, I think one of the really great things about working at STARS for me is that, um, you know, the people I work with don't um, project any shame if you're like tapped out and you're like, I, I don't have a reason to be tapped out. I'm just, you know, I'm not there today. And, you know, we carry it very, very kindly, especially towards one another. Um, so surrounding yourself with people that support you taking care of yourself, whatever that looks like, um, it's going to be different for everyone across the board. Um, and finding things that make you happy. I know that sounds really corny and like a lifetime movie kind of advice thing, but I think as students, we kind of forget like what it's like to not just have fun, but do things that bring out like our inner child. Like, I don't know, I'm very big on never growing up. I want to be a kid my whole life. So I love to swing on swings. I love to play with chalk. Like I try to be outside as much as I can. Um, and that's not everyone's thing being outdoors, right? So I don't know, I like to knit, doing little small things that just bring me joy and I can see progress in, in my own sort of way. Um, I highly encourage anyone listening to just find whatever brings out your inner child and just run with it because it's really hard to get that nowadays as you progress in your academic career. Gosh, I really felt that because last night I was just, I kind of felt really overwhelmed. Yesterday, I had a presentation that I'd been working on with a couple of group members for a couple of weeks. I had three classes back to back. And at the end of the day, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to focus on me. It's like, I'm not going to go to tennis practice for today. I don't want to, I don't want to push myself that much. I just want some relaxation and some time to just fall back on things that I know will soothe me. So I stayed up like extremely late, just doodling and drawing. And it's something that I've always enjoyed doing. I know I'm not that good at it, but it just brings me so much relaxation and like peace of mind, just doing things that I know, like at least they, they feel nostalgic to me and that they kind of take me away from the mentality and the mindset and the thought process of like being in university and like that university mindset, like it takes me back and it's kind of good. Like I see your point and like swinging in the swing, doing those things that will bring you kind of into a calm sense of mind and then just kind of reset yourself. I think that's super important and I, I really think it's good that you emphasize that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. And not feeling any shame or guilt, like I said, about doing, you know, that thing that you said resets you, right? Like it's for our sanity. We can't keep functioning if we're like robots, essentially. Which, you know, it kind of makes me think that keeping our sanity with Zoomiversity has been pretty tough. And I know that a lot of us have been dealing with Zoom fatigue at this point. And it's real. There's no shame in feeling Zoom fatigue. I'm feeling it. And it's barely my second quarter here at UCSC. And it's technically my, well, I still had to do Zoom University when I was at finishing up my last semester at my community college. But I want to know, what are some things that you would advise students to do to help them kind of keep it together, especially right now that we're in the home stretch, at least for, for this year, it's the spring quarter. How would you say that they can hold on just a little bit longer and battle the, the feelings of the Zoom fatigue? 
Yeah, Zoom fatigue is definitely a real thing. Um, it's kind of strange too, because it, it depends on the person, right? Like some people really thrive in this kind of online setting environment. And some of us really just miss the the day-to-day interactions that kind of get us in the zone. Um, so really it's different for everybody. But I mean, if you're experiencing Zoom fatigue, I definitely am, you're not alone. I think one of the hardest things about being in a remote setting in a pandemic is you don't know how anyone else is feeling outside of you. And there's just kind of this assumption more so than there was before when we were all in person that everyone is like, they're chill because no one's like freaking out or, you know, making any, um, any sort of like advocate, you know, for themselves or not advocating for themselves in any sort of way. Um, but many people are struggling with it for sure. And as far as tips go, um, you know, I I do this, you know, in the fall and in the winter quarter, uh, we do an orientation for the incoming transfer students. And I'm just trying to think of, you know, some stuff that I offered there. Um, so one thing for sure, I would say is setting timers. When I, when I do my readings, I set timers, um, especially because the days right now kind of blend and mush. I couldn't tell you what I did yesterday. Yes. So, so when I'm doing homework, it feels like there's like this never ending task of just doing homework because you wake up and you go on the computer and then you get off the computer and you go do something and you come back to your homework on the computer and you know, so on and so forth. So I feel like, um, for me mentally, it's been helpful to set timers when I do my readings and like however long intervals you want, like I do 30 minutes and at the end of the 30 minutes, I'll get up and like grab a snack or go stretch or go outside with my dog for a little bit and then come back and set the timer again and continue reading. Um, It's been really hard for me to quite honestly, to stay focused on things, um, especially because everything is just on the computer. And again, it all just blends and meshes. Um, So setting timers definitely going outside when the sun is out. I know we're like inside all day doing our courses most of the time or working or whatever. Um, But I've found that going outside when the sun is still out and just, you know, um, you know, vitamin D, D, literally just standing in the sun and feeling it on your face and just taking it in and remembering that like life is still moving, even though you feel stuck inside and cooped up all day. I would say having like an accountability buddy. So like if you have a friend that you know um, also is struggling to focus or whatever, just buddying up with them and maybe doing like some working Zoom sessions. We do it at one of my jobs for stars. We do um, working sessions on Zoom where, you know, one of us will, mostly me, will play the playlist and um, uh, we'll turn our, our cameras off and we'll just work. And then, you know, every 20 minutes or so I'll check in and I'll ask, how's everyone? doing like how's it going something like that um that's really cool especially because you know if you're trying to be safe and precautious about covid and all that stuff you can very well do that on zoom even though i i know we're so sick of it already um trying to think what else snacks snacks go a long way they keep me motivated during classes i'm not gonna lie um and that can be any snack um hot cheetos if that's your thing you know stack them up in your pantry have them keep you going for this next spring quarter granola bars so you can stay kind of focused um drinking tea so you kind of have something to just sip on while you're doing your courses um things like that and you know just having designated 
breaks, make time to listen to music, make time to dance around your room, um, make time to call somebody and ask them how their day is going. Just make time to be human and not just stuck in this weird pandemic bubble that we're in. Yeah, and honestly, a lot of the things that you said, there are a couple of things that I had said in a previous podcast episode talking about um, study tips and things that you can do to kind of help push you through and not kind of stay like in an emotional rut where you're just cycling the same sentence over and over again. So if y'all want to go check that out and want to listen to some other things, like in some other study tips that I have, because I've already talked about them, you don't want to hear me repeat them, (laughs) go and check out that episode. It should be from a couple weeks back or a week back. And I would, oh my goodness, Janie, I want to thank you so much for coming on here. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sophia. Sorry to interrupt you. It just came to mind right now because I I definitely am new to this therapy. Therapy right now, very, very big. Um, Please, please, please utilize the CAP services. Um, You get, you know, a certain amount of, um, of sessions that you can do, or if you need someone off campus, it is very, very helpful. I did not see myself as someone who's going to go to therapy because of a little bit of fatigue and a pandemic, but it definitely has helped a lot. And it has improved like my sleeping, my ability to focus and things of that sort. But yeah, that's the last thing I want to throw in. Sorry, Cynthia. Thank you so much for having me though. No probs. And thank you so much for that little bit of information as well. And if y'all are interested in those uh, therapy services from CAPS, we'll be attaching the link in the bio below of this podcast. So you can go and it'll be a lot easier to find it. You can schedule an appointment with them a little bit to talk with one of the therapists on campus via Zoom, and they'll give you a quick little rundown of maybe what kind of services would be best for you, either going to the anxiety workshop, if that's your thing, or actually setting up formal therapy sessions. That'll be pretty good as well. And if anything else other than that, is is there anything you want to say to the listeners out there to keep them motivated and to be able to start this spring quarter strong not coming in with the fatigue but coming refreshed (laughs) from spring break um I guess you're almost there. That is the only thing I can really say. Um, There is a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, once you get past this quarter, things are probably going to be way different come next school year. So that's very much something to look forward to. I know this isn't the experience y'all were hoping for. And I feel for you really, really deeply because, yeah, it's not fair. Um, But just keep powering through. You got this. I know you can do it. And if, you know, if you're ever needing a shoulder to lean on or something or just somebody to rant to you know like I said I am the lead transition mentor come check us out at our drop-in hours and definitely here for all of the students who just need somebody to talk to um, because we're a banana slug family and yeah I hope everyone has a great spring quarter Well, that's all we have for this week's episode of Slugcast. As always, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and RSS.com. Also, if you want to find us on our Instagram page, you can look up in all lowercase ucsc.dsas. That is all lowercase ucsc.dsas. 
and you can follow us to see our announcements or more things that we might post up. Or if you want to send us a direct message with any requests or comments that you might have for us. But if you would still like to email us individually, you can find us on the Slugcast webpage. You can find our emails on there. And that is it. And I'll see y'all later.